the missing link between being stuck and being in flow is not hustle it is trust the ability to take the action because when we don't have the trust we'll stay stuck there but women in patriarchal cultures we've been told that oh you can hustle your way right but you get even more stuck so what happens is they get entangled in that web of hustling and grinding are you ready to tap in to your power within so that your business can reach its truest potential Hi, I'm Candace Haza, and I help business entrepreneurs access their inner GPS so that their business can grow and thrive. You are here to serve and to create an impact in this world. Welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this podcast. Deepshika Saram is a spiritual business mentor who helps thriving CEOs leverage their energetic gifts for supersized results. In addition to mentoring her clients to generate 30K a month plus with custom curated marketing strategies and energetic patterns. Deepshika is also the creator and host of the wildly popular podcast, How to Amex, Buck the System, and Live Your Truth. She has been a featured entrepreneur in Tiny Buddha, Elephant Journal, Self Magazine, and the award-winning Marie TV. So welcome, Deepshika. Yay, we're here together. (laughs) Hi, how are you? It's so good to see you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Of course. So I am really excited to hear about you leading us through some processes today and some systems with your expertise. Mm -hmm. So it caught my attention, and I don't know if it might have caught some of your attention, that Deepshika's coaching can take us to 30K a month plus. So that is really a game changer for business owners when they start hitting those numbers. Mm-hmm. So tell us who you see coming into your programs and how you help them mm, that's to get a results. Good question. Yeah. So who I see coming in my programs are entrepreneurs who are thriving. They, they've hustled their way. They have, they know what they need to do in order to get the door in But now something is just starting to feel a little bit off inside of them. It's not outside, it's usually inside. Something started to feel a little bit out of alignment and usually starts with this little whisper that "Mm, something is off here. I thought I'd be happy if I'm making all this money. I thought I'd be happy if I get to six figures or even multiple six figures but there is a little bit of a discontentment creeping in and it's very, very slight. It's like everything looks fine on the outside. And I call them in into my orbit because I bring them back into alignment with their purpose, with the impact that they want to have and with really the work that they have fun doing, which is their zone of genius. So usually it happens, and I call it the patriarchy success path, that we start our businesses, and because we've been indoctrinated with that six-figure mindset or the seven-figure mindset, 
we get on that path of hustle and grind and we forget that, oh, we started this business because we had a vision. We started this business because we had a purpose and we get into the incessant launching and maybe grinding and maybe taking on more clients and maybe not honoring our boundaries and not really asking ourselves, is this fun for me anymore? So when there's this lack of alignment that happens between your business and your soul and your business's soul, then that discontentment starts to creep up. And I would love to catch my women there when that first discontentment happens. But often what happens is that it starts rolling in because I say that the missing link between being stuck and being in flow is not hustle. It is trust, the ability to take the action, because when we don't have the trust, we'll stay stuck there. But women in patriarchal cultures, we've been told that, oh, you can hustle your way. Right. Right. But you get even more stuck. So what happens is they get entangled in that web of hustling and grinding. So I catch them there and I bring them to me. And honestly, the focus is not even so much on the money, but the focus is on bringing them back to alignment. And that's where the spiritual and the energetic practices come in, because usually that's what has been missing. That's what they have ignored. They've ignored the parts of themselves. They really are coming out and saying, hey, look at me now. Look at me. I'm here. I want you to pay attention to me as well. So we do that. We, you know, um, we apply some beautiful energetic practices into their business. Um, and it could be it could be different for some people like I love I love all energetic practices. So it's like a buffet. You choose whichever you want to choose, right? So some people really take to tapping. Some people really take to, um, you know, balancing their chakras. Some people really take to meditation or journaling. Like I love that for myself. And some people just go into, you know, pray. So whatever it is, but we always come back to what is your truth? This is not about following a cult or following a religion even, but this is about following your truth. What is your truth? What is it that really lights you up? Let's follow that. And then we align everything with curated business strategies. So let's say if you are, um, if you're someone who runs high ticket group programs, then maybe we create your launches in a way that feels super juicy and super interesting to you. So do you do some private work with people then? Is that what you were saying when you like, look at where they're at? Like you said, oh, I wish I could get them when they're right here. You know, when they start getting that discontent, like that feeling something's off. Right, right. I do. I do work privately with people as well. I do take one on one clients. I do one off VIP days. I love to work in groups, though. It is such a beautiful space. And I think women are longing for it. I do a lot of work on self worth. And what really helps our self worth is, is being held in circles, is witnessing other women taking those steps, those massive steps, holding, holding space for you and, you know, encouraging you when you are down in the dumps, because that's what, that's what bring you, brings you forward. Right. Yeah. I think that it is important to have group coaching as well as individual. Mm -hmm. Like, I really think that that's a significant thing to have Mm -hmm. women that are there to hold space for you because it's, it's, we know what we're going through. You know, we're mothers, we're leaders, we are business owners. It's really, it's a big package that we deliver. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we need support. We need support. We need to witness each other. I think there's this idea that we can do it in, we have to do it alone and we have to do it in private. 
it, this idea of we can't fail publicly because you will fail. It's not a matter of if you will fail when you are in business. You will have launches that will suck. You'll have months that will be bad. You'll have clients that will leave or, you know, you'll have disagreements with, you'll have team members, you'll have disagreements with. All these things are part of life, not just business, but part of life. And there's this idea of shame that we, if we talk it in front of uh, other people, then we will be shamed for it. But when you can witness that actually everybody goes through it, like I don't know any entrepreneur, Candy, do you? has not failed. No, I, I was just reading an email that came out about be kind to yourself when you fail, because sometimes your launches don't produce the, you know, $150,000 launch, right. or sometimes you spend money and you don't get the money back. And I I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing in life, right? Sometimes you go to a restaurant and you pay a really heavy price for um, carbonara and it doesn't come out as as good as you like we don't like you know uh, bust our ass over it or blame ourselves why did we drive to that restaurant today my meal is ruined my life is ruined but we do that with us for our businesses because we are our self-worth is so entangled with uh, the identity of our business I don't know if men do that. I'm actually writing a book as well. And I'm, I have to do some research on that. But I don't know if men do that. Men tangle it, the identity of their business. Well, I can actually speak a little bit on that because yeah. my core essence of my program, when you're stuck and you get it back into alignment kind of speaks right. to this. And what it is, is it's about your identity. Mm. Like if you want to be a $30,000 a month business owner, mm. you have to feel like you can make that happen. Yeah. If your identity of who you are, if you've never made $30,000 in a year, and mm. now all of a sudden you're saying, I'm going to make that in a month, mm. you have to get your values and your identity back into alignment. So regarding men, mm-hmm. the challenge with men during the course of my own evolution, I used to go to real estate conferences every six weeks. Mm-hmm. So 83% of the people that were there were all men. Mm-hmm. What I noticed is they were all in transition after a while of going there, they want to make it big in real estate. So they mm-hmm. might have another job, but they would go to all these conferences. Mm-hmm. Men's identity, like in their business is sometimes literally who they are. Like mm-hmm. for you and for me, we're mothers, we're yeah. girlfriends, mm-hmm. we're leaders, but we see ourselves in a lot of multiple hats mm-hmm. Men will often wrap their whole identity of who they are into their business. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And I saw that when I did leadership conferences, I did it when I was studying with a, another high performing men's group. And I thought to myself, it's really interesting. They were working on self-development. Mm -hmm. which I really admired. But what I was seeing that they were finding is their whole identity was in their business and in the money that they made. Mm -hmm. So they were actually putting, and and I don't want to, guys, if you're listening, please don't think I'm putting you all into one category. Mm -hmm. However, they would often look at their, their toys and their level of success was determined by their finances. Mm -hmm. And I think with the pandemic, I bet you we're going to see a big change because already, yep. We're already seeing a big change. Yeah. So talk to me about that. What are you seeing? Tell us. I definitely feel there's a big, big shift away from the hustle culture and the bro marketing culture. 
I actually called it in December. Candy, I made a video. I emailed it to my list. I posted it on all my social media. And I said that there is going to be, you know, a, the way we used to market our business before 2020 and there's going to be an after. And those who will not cross that path are going to be left behind. They're either going to be canceled, called out, or just fade away. And we saw that happening in the last few months of this whole shift of, you know, um, people being very, people being very aware of who they are investing in. So if we just get on board with that grow marketing culture that's been so prevalent in the industry in the last, you know, many, many years, then you are going to find that either you, you have to shift your marketing, your messaging in a way that aligns with everybody. People are giving so much importance now to things like self-worth and, you know, how does my business feel? Not just how much my, my business makes. Before, the only thing that we were focused on is how much does my business make? What is my goal this year? How do I hit it? If I've hit my launch goal, I'm, I'm good. But if I'm not, I'm the worst person in the world. I'm going to hide and eat bags of Doritos. But that's not the focus anymore. Bags of, did you guys hear that? She's going to eat bags of Doritos. <laughs> that's not the focus anymore, right? The focus is on how does this make me feel? Like, mm. I am so excited. Almost every day I go on Instagram and I see these entrepreneurs who are saying we're taking summer off. Yeah. These are big entrepreneurs. These are, you know, people who have just been in business two years. I am doing it my, myself in my business. I usually do it in summer and December, both. I love it that people are saying that I don't care. I am taking summer off. I want to have some fun this summer. Things are kind of opening back up. There's some kind of normalcy. I want to have fun with my family right now. Mm -hmm. And that was never the case. We would grind ourselves to the ground to make sure that we sold 10 spots in a mastermind so that we yeah. can we can make our business goals. But now the, the shift, I think, is moving away, Candy, from just hitting the goals to great if I hit the goals, but I want my joy. I want my happiness. I want my fulfillment. I totally agree with you. I know for myself, this is so ringing true because when the pandemic hit, a few months into it, I thought something feels off for me. Mm. And what it was inside is my previous highest value was mastery and excellence. Mm -hmm. Can you see that there might be a little problem with mastery and excellence when we don't know if we're going to school and we're not going, are we going to college live? Are we not? There were so many movements and shifts. It didn't seem like an attainable or even something I wanted to attain master in excellence. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm not going to do things well in my life, right. but it seemed like a hard goal to attain. Yeah. So what I changed to was vitality. Mm, I love that. The yeah. minute I changed that, guess what changed? Mm. My whole course, my whole program, my whole business, mm -hmm. because I think you hit the nail on the head. Like you said, you called it. Why I got into this business is because I had cancer and I had to leave my other job. Mm -hmm. And so what I started to do was hustle and grind again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, Candy, uh, hello. That's yeah. not why you got into this. And so right. what I had to do is I have to learn to put myself, my vitality above all else and mm -hmm. then earn the income, then fill up the mastermind. But yeah. until I had my vitality in place, which is mm -hmm. being with the family, you know, yeah. taking care of your health, yeah. there's nothing more important. I realized during this pandemic than our health, it was yeah. our focus. 
And I think it's very important to understand that how we got here. I think when, uh, you know, now online, online business is such a big thing. It's a huge industry. More and more um, men and women are becoming entrepreneurs. But even before back then, like, you know, I'm talking 60, 70, 100 years ago, there weren't many, there haven't been many role models of people who are doing business the way that you and I are trying to do. Yeah. Right. So people would work in factories or their their parents would work in factories and then they would start their business. But basically we work in corporate and we bring that culture to our business. So yes. we kind of start a business and then we become an employee of our business and not the CEO. And that's like, that's my mission to change that when we step into a business role, we are no more employees. We are not interns. We are not employees. We are CEO of your business. So how does a CEO behave? What would a CEO do on a daily basis and not an employee? Yeah. And, and that is a big change. Even for me, like I worked at a university for 30 years and they would let us have a lot of freedom with like, I would create ideas. I would create events. So I had a lot of freedom. However, you also had a cap of your income, no matter how much education I brought into the work, no matter how much education I was giving myself with my own income, they were getting the benefit, but then the finances weren't being awarded. And then they tell you exactly what to do. And I was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I don't think I like this anymore. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I had cancer and I was like, I don't think I can sustain my body at this job anymore because yeah. of the yanking and the pooling and the 60 hours and the night times and the weekends. And right. oh, it gets exhausting. Yeah. And if I choose that, I get to choose that. Yes. Yes. I love that. And more, if more and more people can see role models like you and many, many others like, like you <laughs> taking the summer off to be with your two magical yes. little boys, right. Then they can say, ah, maybe this is the way I can build my business too. Yeah. Right. I don't have to hustle and grind. Like I, I get very excited by that idea. Kenny. Well, I can see it on her face. First of all, she has a shirt that says encourage and inspire. And so uh, what I want to do right now is I just want to share with them what you've done in this moment. And one of the things that Adib Sheikha shared with us is that she takes the summers off. Now, what are the ages of your boys? I have a five-year-old who's going to actually turn six in August. And I have a 10-year-old. I have a 20-year-old and a 34-year-old. And the one thing I can say is I took every summer off from the time my daughter was seven so she's 34 and I took every summer off with my son and it wasn't enough. Everybody. Yeah. You have 17 summers with your children to influence them. Not 17 years. That's not what I said. I just said 17 summers because guess what? If our kids go into school and my kids did, because I would have been the absolute worst mm -hmm. teacher in the world. I don't think I could influence my children the right way with right. educational practices. And so we only really see our children in the summer. And if we're working and grinding our pathways and working 60 hours a week, that summer, one of 17 is gone forever. It's gone forever. And so you've gifted yourself and your family something that you're not going to get back. Mm -hmm. You can make $30,000 a month each month in the summer, and you may still with the programs that you have in place. However, the most important thing is those sweet little boys 
that are going to be looking to you as a leader. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you're giving all of your hats the proper attention (laughs) by doing this. So I just really want to honor you in this moment. Thank you so much, Candy. That means a lot. Yeah. I mean, they are growing up so fast. We hit a major (laughs) milestone this, this week with my older one. Uh, He, for the first time ever, he sat in the front seat of the car with me and I just kept like, I was like, how did this happen? <laughs> we got him in a car seat. Like he didn't even fit into the car seat the first, like he was, he just disappeared in the car seat. And now he's sitting with me and we're having a conversation. So 10 years, it passed by so quickly. It's I a don't, sneeze. Yeah. yeah, it's a sneeze. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that Deep Chica and I talked about is the human design. Mm-hmm. And I know that she's a big supporter of the human design and she's very well versed in speaking about it. Would you talk a little bit about human design, possibly how you either have used it in your business or may use it in the future? Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, it's definitely a, another podcast conversation because it can be so in-depth. But human design, for those of you who are not really aware of what it is, I call it as uh, the study of yourself, right? Human design is a great way to know who you are. And once you know who you are, you can adjust anything. When When we don't know who we are, when we can't claim it, then we're always looking outside for permission and approval to get the approval from other people to be who we are or who we desire to be. But when you know who you are, you can claim it, both your shadow, your darkness, your light and everything, then you don't need to look at anything else. So it's like a GPS system for yourself. So there are five human design types. I won't go into them in detail, but that's exactly what it is. So how it relates to business is that all of us are unique, right? We are unique in nature. We have different skill sets. We have different strengths. The universe has literally installed a GPS system inside of us and said, if you follow this, you will not fail. If you follow your life's path, you will not fail. What, what has happened in the online industry is that we have been indoctrinated with, with um, you know, these cookie cutter strategies. Like, you know, this is my formula. I did well with it. You follow it. You will do well with it as well. But it doesn't work like that. People join programs and they don't get a lot of success because what worked with the other person may not work with you because guess what? You are a different human design type. You have different skill sets. Your brain works differently. So for example, Candy, I am a manifester and I'm supposed to get the hit from the universe. I'm directly connected and initiate action on that while informing my people. Now, I've always initiated, but what I didn't do before was I didn't inform the people around me. And that causes an energetic rift, right? So when I inform people that this is what I'm doing right now in my business, in my life, it lines up my energy with their energy and everything as we know is a flow of energy if energy flows everything will be beautiful the another thing about human design for me specifically is that as a manifester i don't have access to constant energy so i get my hit and it makes sense right because i have to be available for the universe to give me ideas give me hits give me urges and if i'm always doing then i won't have the idea because when does the idea come 
when you're in silence, when you're still, when you're slowing down, not when you're moving. So if I keep moving, which we've all been trained to hustle, grind, then I don't get those ideas. I respond to what I think I should be doing, what other people, what the industry is telling me that I should be doing, and I'm not really aligning to my soul's purpose. So that's what human design gives you. It literally gives you a GPS, a unique, a plan, a map for you to get whatever you desire in your work, in your, uh, in your personal fulfillment, in your relationships, everything that can be beautifully attained because what you basically what you're doing is you're increasing your aura and you are cleaning up your aura and you're allowing the energy to move beautifully within you. I love that. And you know what else I think that you're talking about a little bit, and you mentioned it before, Melissa Gilbert, she wrote a book called Big Magic. And in that book, she talks about an idea that she had for a specific book that she started to write. And then she let that idea sit basically on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And what happens when we let an idea sit as above, so below, we're given an idea from above. So in my belief system, everything that's above us, if you believe in heaven, if you believe in the spirit above us, the divine, the divine self, the higher self, those ideas are given to our higher self and then they come into reality. But here's the thing. It's almost like the divine plants these seeds in multiple people because let's face it, I just planted some sunflowers Mm -hmm. and I planted three in every cup and some have one, some have two, some have three. Mm -hmm. And so I think what the universe does is they plant these seeds along and see what comes to fruition. And what I heard Deep Shika talking about is these woo moments, these windows of opportunity that line up with the universal bank vault, right? And if we don't take that idea, Mm-hmm. it's going to grow in somebody else's seed pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you believe that and talk a little bit? You started to speak of it and human right. design really fits what I'm talking about with that. Expand that. Yeah. So yes, it, it is, but it's also a little bit different for every human design. So I'll, I'll take another example. So for example, I talked about me being a manifester means I get a hit. I have to initiate. That's my strategy. I need to respond to that. However, there's a human design called the generator. Their strategy is slightly little different. They will get a hit, they'll get an idea, but they need to wait to respond. So they need to wait for some kind of a sign that happens either physically or energetically around them in order to respond to that idea. So if they don't do that, they're actually creating friction. There's another human design type, which is a projector. They actually need to be wait to be invited into that idea. So they always need to be talking about their plans and their, you know, they need to follow their bliss. And then somebody will say, for example, if it was you, Candy, somebody would say, hey, Candy, oh my God, I love that you talked about the windows of opportunity and planting those seeds. I want you to come on my podcast and, you know, talk about this. The, the bottom line is, is the same, Candy, what you're talking about. When we open ourselves to inspiration mm-hmm. and we stay open and we stay in alignment, all we need to do is follow our strategy then. 
So for a manifester, it'll be, okay, I got it. I need to do it right now. I have that energy inside of me. And this all comes very naturally to you. I was always a manifester. Even it's not that I became a manifester. Even as a child, I remember I would get an idea and I had to do it then and there. I see it in my children. So mm -hmm. my son is a manifesting generator. My younger one and my older one is generator. If he gets an idea, he doesn't do anything about it for some time. He'll hem and haw on it. And after a few days, oh my God, that's that. <laughs> it's actually making me my palms sweat. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. talking. So I must be a manifester because my palms are sweating, thinking that I'd have an idea that would come into my universe that I wouldn't like completely embrace yeah. literally makes me upset. Well, you have, you embrace <laughs> it, but you wait for something to happen in in your environment in your energetic world so that you can go take action on it that's the right strategy for him so as kids i always say that you know you when you're trying to find out who you are that's the first step in my work we always go to let's figure out who you are first forget the business forget the strategy forget the strat uh, the tactics first we're going to really find out who you are even like to the extent of what are your energetic patterns do you bleed with the full moon? Do you bleed with the new moon? When is the time when you feel your energetic best? I feel my energetic best when I'm ovulating, which is most true for most women. But I also have a few days in my menstruation phase where I feel energetic as well. So we go down to really finding out who you are. And I always say if when, when women who don't, they say they don't know, everybody knows, all of us know. I say, okay, let's go back to your childhood. What did you like doing then? How were you like then? Let's go back to that. Because as kids, we were open, right? There were no like, you know, gunk that was coming in our energetic fields. We were so open or I was so open. We were getting those ideas and urges from the universe. And subconsciously, we were actually acting on our natural behavior. If we could go back to that, if the world could go back to that, that's the cure for world peace. <laughs> <laughs> There's something so true to what you're saying, because when I was a little girl, I wasn't as open. Oh, um, really? Mm -hmm. I think that, so for me, I was adopted and I was adopted at the age of three months. So mm -hmm. you wouldn't think that there was any harm or any file to this precious little baby. Right. But something happened because, yeah. you know, there was a rejection that I felt at six weeks in the gestation. And yeah. It's taken me years to heal from that. Mm -hmm. However, who I am now is more open because I was a very serious child. Mm. You know, I, I think I was, a, my parents were so incredible. I mean, really incredible, but somewhere inside of myself, I think I felt like the adopted puppy that, you know, if I peed on the carpet that, you know, I would be taken back and my parents would never have done that. I mean, they waited 10 years to get me. And I knew that in my heart. But somewhere in my soul, something felt a little broken. Right. So I think that, and I feel that what you're saying is true. So for me, it's reverse order. Yeah. My aura, my energy is more open now in so many ways than when I was a child, because I think that there was some sort of a, a feeling like not to step into who I fully was. So mm -hmm. it's been a lifelong journey for me to step in mm -hmm. to who I really am now yeah. but I really I agree with what you're saying yeah. it's just mine was kind of reverse order no and I totally I totally uh, agree with you on that and I'd relate to it on a certain extent as well I have uh, some trauma from my childhood 
and we were in a session with a mentor and we came like you know we found out through channeling and everything that the first time i felt that trauma was when i was in the womb and it goes even beyond that i have i have like eight generations of trauma in me and even then i felt like i i had that trauma and i for most part i felt that the weight of the universe on me but there were these moments when my the real me would come out so i wonder if that was true for you in some like some moments maybe you were alone maybe you were with someone who really loved you maybe it was just for a few seconds yeah. and sometimes it can be definitely be very very hard to identify what those were as well yeah my aunt lenny was my go to so I just, I really, she was my best friend. And then in later years, when my mom passed away, she was my mother and my best friend again. So like my sister, she was my everything, my aunt Lenny. So I get it. Like in those moments, I just felt so safe in right. her presence. So yeah, those moments I would be giggly and funny and I'd have her tell me stories and I'd say, oh, yeah. Lenny, tell me a story. <laughs> she would. So down memory lane here. So encourage and inspire. That's really the message that we've been going through today. And I'm with Deep Sheikah and she is now starting to write her book. So tell us what that's, that process has been like, because I just read an email of yours and you were like, I'm going to write my book and there's a certain amount of days that I'm going to be devoted to this. So talk to us about your devotion yeah. to your new project. Yeah. Uh, so I always knew that I will write a book one day, even when I was a little girl. I, in fact, I used to work for Bank of America Candy and I left my job to write a book. I was writing a fiction. I almost finished it 70, 80%. And then I got pregnant and became a mom. And then I forgot all about it. So the idea really came in December during a session with my coach. And it just like, you know, I was saying it just something just entered my body and just told me that this is the book you're meant to write. You have to write this book. And the whole idea behind is the big question of the book is how does one live a life that is full of joy and fulfillment? That is like the big question that I'm trying to answer here. And one of the little questions is attaining and finding and retaining our self-worth. Oh, say that again. Can you say that again? Yes. Attaining, finding, and retaining our self-worth. Damn, girl. <laughs> because that, is that the book? Is that, I mean, is that what the book's going to consist of? I think the book is going to be that. So between December and now, there's been so many evolutions that has happened in my life personally. Yes. and life is showing me how to write this book life is giving me the experience that's another thing about my human design candy I, i'm supposed to experience things and then teach them so life is giving me those experiences so that i can go and put it in my book and really i i love this idea because i i found myself worth in the mud being trampled on that's where i found it the first time i thought that i had it before that i didn't even know i had it and when i try to look for it. I found it in the mud, really dirty. It had been looked at for years and years and years. And then I picked it up. I started cleaning it up and started bringing it to myself, to my heart. And really it's the decision. And people think that it's self-worth is one thing and done. You find it and then you're good and your self-worth is equal to your net worth and 
you know, you're going to be rocking it, but it's not really like that. I think it's the process of unbecoming. It's the peeling of the layers. Ooh. It's that decision that you take every day. So for me, I have to find that self-worth. I just wrote a post yesterday that really the basis of my, if you put everything aside, like if you peel back all the layers of my work aside, that's the basis of my work every time. And like, I have it on video, like I have a hundred percent track record of this every time I ask my woman. So what was the shift that really made it happen? What was the shift that really made you go from like, you know, some clients to, Oh, I just made $15,000 in 24 hours. And everybody said, I finally remembered who I am. You made us see our self-worth. And you would think that if I'm doing this work with people, my self-worth is really, really high, but that's not the truth, actually. I still doubt myself. I still feel like an imposter. That's a decision that I have to take it. And sometimes I doubt myself. And one of my friends, her name is Brenna, she told me that the fact that you do this work every day makes you even more capable for you to do this work. Mm, isn't that interesting? Even when you want to have a little argument with your self-worth, like I'm an imposter, then what are you showing up for every day? I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so maybe I am, I'm not an imposter. If I'm really yeah. showing up every day, isn't that what people like when totally. a teacher comes every day, they're a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us, we believe this is a very interesting concept and this is going to go in my book. We believe that our self-worth is built by success, right? So if you have a good month. That's you, what, how we've been taught. Exactly. You put another layer in your self-worth. Right? You put another brick. You get featured in Forbes, Business Insider, another brick, right? However, I think the failures, it's like equivalent to five bricks. Because in those moments when you're down, when you pick yourself up, that's what's like, equal into 10 bricks in your layer, right? So we need right. both. We need success. We need company. We need, you know, a group of people encouraging us. Yeah. We need those moments where we're like, oh, that was bad. That was really bad. That sucked really hard. But you know what? I did it and I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I'm going to go back there and do it again. Oh, I love what we're talking about right now. I want to say that when I go into the Akashic records and with almost all of my clients, if I could boil down one thing that they release in whatever lifetime it was, it's self-worth. Yeah. I, it always boils down to that in some regard yeah. or not being worthy of being loved. Right. You know, there's something, there's a block there. There's an energetic block. And once I released that, I had one client come back and say, could you put some of that block back in because I can't keep up with my clients. And she ended up with a million dollar contract after 20 years, it was the first million dollar contract. And she actually, it took several months, mm -hmm. but it went through. That's and so awesome. I think that there is something, like you said, five bricks mm -hmm. is once we realize our worth, once we release that from her, mm -hmm then she had five bricks instead of one. It wasn't about the million dollars, yes. but what, what showed up was the million dollar contract. Yes. Yes. And the, the, the idea behind joy and fulfillment is, is so beautiful to me because I know that I can hustle and make money. I, I can, I can have a successful business. I believe in the flow of abundance to me. I, I like, yeah. that's not my job. That's the universe's job. Yeah. The universal sending, vault. <laughs> yes, she keeps sending me money. 
but the idea of joy and fulfillment is so beautiful to me and i the question that i'm trying to answer in the book is for everybody is that they're so related because when you have your self worth when you know who you are and you really value yourself it's like you know you are that you're that happy person on the beach who is just like you know distributing packets of joy and fulfillment to everybody like i see it i'm i'm clairvoyant so i see it and what i see is our like we all have this energetic grid around us it's like a like a web it's like a net mm-hmm. and there are these you know walls in it and when i like am in my joy it lights up and that web is connected it's interconnected to everybody everybody every everything everybody exactly all energy that's what it looks like in the akashic records oh my god i didn't even know that and i see myself like when i feel good it just lights up it lights that's what up it looks like higher universe and when yeah. i dim it then it dims it takes away from other people as well Yeah. And sometimes we do let our light be dimmed. Yes. You know, and I think that is like full circle back to what we've learned, the hustle and the corporate moving into the self-worth into our own human design and Mm -hmm. to encourage and inspire others to find their way. Mm -hmm. Is there any other words of wisdom or a way that people can get a hold of you to work with you? Share away. <laughs> sure. Well, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. I go by my name, Deepshika Sairam. I have this beautiful Facebook group. It's called Create a Rich Lady Life and Business. And when we say rich, we don't mean money. We mean richness in everything. That's where I hang out. I do my lives there occasionally. I post all my content there. I am in between this beautiful project that I took upon Candy, which was again given to me by the universe. And I'm doing this 120 days of deep self-expressive writing. So I go every day and I write something, whatever is coming up for me, and I share it with people. And sometimes it's very vulnerable. Sometimes it's like inspiring. Sometimes it's empowering. Sometimes it's all like it's sometimes it's learning and I'm really enjoying it right now. So a lot of people are uh, enjoying reading that it's on my blog and I also share it on my Instagram and Facebook. And of course, like check out my website. If you're interested, book a call, send me a message. I love connecting with people. That's like one of my things. So just connect with me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Deep Chica. As always, it is such a great pleasure and continue your encourage and inspire journey. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you for having me, Candy. It's my greatest pleasure. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you feel more connected to your power within and that you take action from the guidance here today. For more information, please head to CandiceHaza.com where you will find more resources to help you and your business grow to the next level.